Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode of Saddest Night Out. My name is Roy, and I am the host of this daily podcast, which aims to shed a light on all that lies a little left of the dial here in London. Today's episode is coming to you from Denmark Street. The main goal of today was to finally get my guitar back from the repair shop. I can't remember which episode it was. I think it was episode... Looking through this, episode 31, which I think went up on the 21st of April at 4pm, my PC tells me. I went to a repair shop on Denmark Street called Stairway to Kevin. I'd been there once before in the past to get a quick repair on a very cheap acoustic guitar that I use for the open mics. I went there again to record an episode talking to the two people that work there, Kevin and Gary, and to maybe get my bass guitar repaired. I did not realise how expensive it would be to get that guitar repaired, and I haven't been back since. It's almost just a little over two weeks, I think, since I left my bass guitar there to be repaired. But after Sunday's recording and Monday's episode, where I went to two shows and spoke to a bunch of people, I have a new found motivation to really start working on my own music and work towards playing a show. So I bit the bullet, went that little bit deeper into debt, and oh, am I feeling it, and I got my guitar out of the repair shop. And I also recorded another conversation with Kevin and Gary from Stairway to Kevin. And while I was there, I went into a bunch of stores on Denmark Street to try and talk to people that worked in each store to see if I could get them to feature on the podcast. Now, after Sunday, I had a great success rate of approaching people and them saying, yes, I'd like to be on your podcast. So I went into Denmark Street a bit cocky, like, yeah, I'm sure everyone will love to do it. Went into the first store. I think it was the manager and an employee. The employee was at the desk. The manager said, talk to him. I got my phone. I explained, got my phone out. He said, yeah, sure. And then he said, actually, I'd rather not be recorded. So I was like, oh, okay. And, you know, I respect a person's wishes if they'd rather not be recorded. But it stopped me in my tracks a bit. And I thought, oh, man, what if everyone I approach on the street prefers not to be recorded? So I was a little bit, little concerned, but I needn't be because there were other people who were willing. So today you will hear me talk Two, David, who works at Music Room, I think it's called Music Room Argents, because there's two music rooms. This one sells sheet music, and he was working there. I talked to Paul from Westside, which is a guitar store. I talked to Sarah from 6060 Sounds, which is another guitar store near the end of the street, which is currently surrounded by construction work, but it is still open. And then I speak to Kevin and Gary once again from Stairway to Kevin. And I finally get my bass guitar back. And I play, you actually hear me play my bass guitar for the first time since I gave it in to be repaired. And I play an original tiny little riff. So I let that be the original music for today's episode because the conversations make this a bit of a long episode anyway. Thank you to everybody that I spoke to. I'm running late because I didn't record anything Monday night. So I went out early Tuesday today to record this at Denmark Street, came home, and now I have to go back out to get ready for the open mic at the Reliance by Old Street Station, where I will hopefully, if I get there early enough and in enough good time, I can talk to people there as well. So I'll have to be brief with this introduction, and I will try and put some links up on the post for this, otherwise I'll put those links up later. But thank you to everyone I spoke to. If you like what you're hearing, feel free to find me online. Just search Saddest Night Out, all one word. Out at gmail.com if you wish to get in touch with me via email. And if you wish to contribute to the cause, I do have a Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Saddest Night Out. I will also put that bonus episode I was talking about up either now or a little later this evening. Because I just listened back to it. I don't say anything too aggressive or 
discriminatory anything towards anyone. I do talk a little bit about someone who didn't want to be on the podcast, but I think I approach it respectfully. So I will put it up hopefully later today. Thank you very much for listening and I will talk to you tomorrow. Take care. I haven't hung up yet because I feel like there's some other things I wanted to talk about. Yes, thank you to anyone that's followed me after the last episode. Like I said, I talked to Isaac from Slaves, not Savages, and it's because at the end of the episode I say thank you to Isaac from Savages. That's why I made that the title. I have had a bit of a boost in people following me. Thank you very much for that. I hope you find what I post informative and entertaining. And I am trying to pay more attention to that. I try to do something on Instagram, not so much with Twitter, but I will try and catch up with that as well. Particularly posting something that the people I talk to would be willing to repost to really get the word out there. Because I am now aggressively trying to work towards making some sort of living. I say living, I don't know if I mean living. Some sort of money out of this. Working up to a living, but definitely some sort of money. If I enjoy doing it as tired as I was on Sunday, and I'm doing this of my own volition, then as I said to Kevin and Gary today after I finished recording, if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life. And if I do this, well, I will be a very lucky person indeed. So I will make more of an effort to post stuff online. I'll also make more of an effort to post stuff online from the open mics. At UK Open Mic is where you can find that stuff online, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, etc. And just to remind you, in two weeks' time, we will have representatives from The Voice at our Tuesday night open mic at the Reliance Pub. So if you want a chance to be on that show, do try and get down. I am already a bit wary of how many people we might have at that date. So watch this space. We shall see. Uh, I have almost 30 white t-shirts in my possession. That is far too many for any grown any person to possess, but I have a bit of a uniform. So... This is why I'd share that with you as well. I feel like I had more stuff I wanted to get out, but I can't remember what it is, so I will call it one there. Enjoy these conversations. David from Music Room, Paul from Westside, Sarah from 6060 Sounds, and Kevin and Gary from Stairway to Kevin. I'll see you tomorrow. Take care. Okay, I am on Denmark Street, and I am inside Music Room. Is that the name of the place? And I am here with... Uh, My name's David Floyd. David, how long have you worked here at Music Room? Uh, Since... About 1996, so quite a while. Have you been here since this store started? No, no, because the store was first opened, do you know, I don't know exactly which year, but quite some way back by Rod Argent, the keyboard player in, uh, in The Zombies. Back at, He was in the 60s, although he's still active as a musician now. Um, the store started more like a keyboard shop and gradually has turned, changed ownership twice and is now much more a store for sheet music. And we have another branch selling keyboards. Okay, so how did you come to become part of this store? Well, I've I've been retailing printed music in central London for about 40 years now, uh, previously at two other music shops. Uh, Sadly, the second one I was at ran into financial difficulties, and the guy who owned this shop at the time uh, bought all the stock and myself with it, and I came here. So do you play an instrument yourself? Yes, I play clarinet and saxophone. And what music got you into playing those instruments in the first place? Uh, Well, mainly classical music, because my mother was a good uh, pianist and viola player, and uh, yes, she got me into it. And if money wasn't an object, is there anything in this store that you would love to get your hands on? (laughs) Um, Well, being the age I am, I've probably bought most of the printed music and scores that I'm going to (laughs) want. 
Um, I buy a lot of orchestral scores. Uh, sadly, we don't have as many in the shop as we used to because not so many people buy them these days. But uh, if I fell in love with some piece I hadn't heard before, I'd probably buy the score of that. And is there anything in the store that's been particularly popular recently? Oh, well, the biggest seller most recently is, is the music for The Greatest Showman. Ah, well, the sheet music for people to want to the, learn how to play it. Yeah, songs from the film, yeah. Have you seen the film yourself? No. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither, but I've heard good things about it. David, thank you very much for your time. Have a nice day. Thank right, you. Thanks a lot. See you. And now I am store number two here on Denmark Street. I am here with... My name's Paul. And what store are we in right now? Uh, we're in number 24 Denmark Street, and the store's called Westside MI. How long have you been with this store? Uh, this store, since it's opened, uh, since 2011. And I'm assuming there's many a guitar in this place. I assume you play guitar as well. Yes. What guitar do you play? What's your current setup right now? Um, it's a basic Martin guitar. It's a triple O fifteen M Martin acoustic guitar. That's the one I play the most. I've got a few others, but that's the one I play the most. And do you remember when you got that guitar? About 15 years ago, approximately, I would say. Is that your first guitar? No, no. Do you still have your first guitar? Uh, I have, let me think. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. Do you still play it, or is it kind of it's, gathering dust? Like, is it more on display now? No, it's just in, in storage. I just, I've moved on since that one. I still have a very nice guitar, but that's the guitar I got when I was about eight, and I'm, I just turned, turned 40 this year, so I've had it a long time. So what made you want to play guitar at age eight? Uh, my dad played. Oh. Still does. Is he like in a band or something then? Uh, in the 60s he was in a band, um, gigging in London, uh, recorded across the street from here when there was a recording studio. So he kind of just did it semi-professional. And, you know. and what kind of music were you playing at that early stage then? Um, lots of different things. I was exposed to a lot of music my dad would like, so that can be from the 60s, on, 70s onwards. It could be pop, rock, blues, soul, literally everything. And then as I was working in guitar shops, mainly around this area, from the age of about 14, 15 on the weekends, I got into rock and sort of heavy metal as well. Still like all those sort of genres. So is there anything in particular you tend to play now? Mostly acoustic-based, finger-picking, singer-songwriter, that kind of stuff. And if money wasn't an object, is there anything in this store that you'd love to get your hands on? Uh, there's a handful of acoustic guitars. They're all Martin acoustic guitars because we're the UK distributor. Um, but there's a handful. Uh, the model is um, a 0018 Authentic. It's, it's over £6,000. <laughs> So yeah. Maybe if you've been a really good boy this year, maybe Christmas. Maybe, maybe yeah, yeah. Maybe. Thank you very much for your time, man. That's Have a good right. day. Pleasure. Okay, now I am in store number three on Denmark Street, and I am here with... Sarah Jane. Sarah, what's the name of the store we're in right now? 6060 Sounds. And how long have you been at this store? Six months. Oh, so you're fairly recent to the store. We're a new shop, so yeah, we've only been on the street for like six months. Alright, so have all of you been at the store since the start then? Well, Harry's the owner with Jan, and then I kind of joined them uh, later on, and then Jake just started here, so... Is this the first music shop that you've ever worked in then? No. How long have you been working in music shops? Uh, I'd say about a year and a half, two years, maybe. And do you play guitar yourself, I'm guessing? Yeah. What, what guitar do you currently play now? Uh, a Gibson Explorer. Is that your... How, many, how long have you been playing guitar? 13 years. And how recently have you had this current guitar, the Gibson? Uh, two months. Yeah. So is that the newest addition to the collection? Then? Yeah, absolutely. Do you still have your first guitar? Yeah. What 
guitar was that? I uh, don't even know if it's got a brand, but it's like a little classical guitar that I got in Holland for like 40 euros. Yeah. So what made you want to start learning guitar in the first place? <laughs> I was like eight in the School of Rock. This was like what I was into, so I wanted to be like Zach. <laughs> Jack, right, that, that is like a generational film. Like, there's so many yes, of us who yeah. just got introduced. So what kind of music were you playing when you first started to play guitar? Uh, well, because I didn't know anything, I started on classical. So I was learning like fingerstyle guitar and classical music. And then uh, when I was 10, I started to learn rock, just like chords and yeah. So what kind of stuff do you tend to play now? Uh, well, I'm in a grunge rock band, so we do, yeah, that kind of thing. What's the name of the band? And can we find them online? Yeah, Dutch Mustard, uh, Instagram, Facebook, that's us, yeah. And if money wasn't an object, is there anything in the store that you'd love to get your hands on? Yeah, too much. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's like four guitars in here that like have got my name written all over it, if I had money. <laughs> so, yeah, but we, we only do Gibson and Epiphone, so... Like, it's hard to not want a Gibson, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thank you very much for your time. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks. Now I am store. I am in store number four on Denmark Street. I am here with... Uh, Leon. Leon, what's the name of the store that we're in right now? Uh, Regent Sounds. And how long have you been a part of Regent Sounds? Uh, me personally for about three years, three and a half years. Do you know how long the store has been here? been here for what 17 18 years now i think as, as a music shop and what brought you to join this store um it's actually owned by a very good friend of mine that i've known for um for a lot of years uh i used to manage a rival store over the road and yeah kind of went to come work with a friend and i'm guessing you play guitar yourself yeah since i was about 12 13 years old do you still have the first guitar you learned to play guitar on unfortunately i don't no. No. I, went, I, I traded it in for the next guitar that I owned and then so on and so forth until you worked your way up essentially exactly right so do you know what number guitar you're up to now um, in my life I've owned quite a lot of guitars but then I bought a lot to sell as well because I work in a guitar shop so I've dealt a lot of guitars so um, including the ones I've sold it'll be over 300 that's impressive yeah. How long? I, I, yeah, I haven't kept 300 have I you know, I've 300 got, have passed through your hands yeah exactly yeah easily so what? But, but then bear in mind, I've been working in the guitar shop for like the best part of twenty years. So uh, okay, so that makes it if it's yeah. a normal yeah, person, I mean, whoa! But yeah, fair enough. Exactly. In your line of work, so, that makes exactly, sense. Which isn't that crazy. So what model of guitar do you personally currently play these days? Uh, it's a, um, a James Trussart Telecaster. How long have you been playing that one? That one I've had for about a year. That's my new favourite thing. And do you remember what it was that made you want to start playing guitar in the first place? Um. Tough one. Uh, Passing your mind back a, a yeah, little bit I here. Mean, well, like uh, my parents are kind of like raging hippies, and you know, listen to like loads of Floyd and Hendrix and stuff like that. So I guess that just brushed off on me. Is that the kind of stuff you're still playing <coughs> these days, or is it anything different that you're playing uh, now? It's not, well, that's not the kind of stuff I play. I try and play my own stuff, but it's okay. not very good. But you know, I'd rather play my own stuff badly than someone else's stuff. Probably not as well as they did. <laughs> Well, I am right there with you, and I think most guitar players are as well. So are you in a band currently then or something? At the moment, I'm not. I'm too busy. Do you have any of your own music online anywhere that people can find? Uh, not anymore. Okay. No, I think I've taken it all down now. And if money wasn't an object, is there anything in this store that you'd love to get your hands on? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. That uh, pink custom shop telecaster for a start. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's the top of the list. That's up there. Yeah. That or the um, the Gibson ES175 in the corner, the custom shop one. Yeah. That's lovely. And so I, maybe I, even used, I used to have one of those, and I, I had to settle it to pay rent one time, and uh, hadn't didn't buy one since, and always missed it. Oh. So yeah. And is there anything in the store that's particularly popular at the moment? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a few things. Um, a company called Chase Bliss Audio. We sell an awful lot of their pedals. They're quite a sort of unique, sort of high-end um, analog pedal, but with digital controls. So it's super flexible, super versatile, and incredibly high quality. But we sell an awful lot of their stuff. Um, the the Mexican standard strats and the USA professional series strats and tellies by Fender. We sell an awful lot of those. Uh, the Gretsch Streamliner series, one of the best value for money guitars you can buy. If you've got 400 quid, it's amazing you can even buy that much guitar for 400 quid. We sell an awful lot of those too. Okay. And is there anything that you think someone who's just starting to learn guitar should get? Is there anything that should be in every guitar's toolbox? Uh, good tuner, being in tune is a starting point for everything. And uh, otherwise, not really. I mean, as long as you've got you know a kind of decent playable guitar, that's the most important thing to start with. Doesn't matter quite so much about the amp and all the other bits that go with it, but you know, just a good guitar that's not going to hold you back. Something with a nice low action, something that's easy to play, something that's not going to kind of put you off and is going to help you progress quickly. That's it. You need that and a bit of enthusiasm. Thank you very you much need. for your time, man. Have all a right, good man. day. Good to meet you, brother. You too. Take, Take it easy, man. That's exactly what I'm into. We, we, we listen to it as we find it funny. Oh, so you like, ironically like it? or yeah, it's also kind of cool. It's cheese, man. It's a like good cheese, you know what I mean? <laughs> the best kind of cheese. There's a video game I played a while back called Hotline Miami, which has a soundtrack full of that kind of stuff, and that's when I first got into it. It is right, that's kind of similar too, yeah. Yeah. There's a point there. It's kind of like uh, driving in a drop-top Ferrari in Miami at night in the 80s. Yeah. Neon okay, lights, yeah, that, kind of, that exactly kind of soundtrack. Going, yeah. Ooh, that, listeners, is my first strike of my bass after it's been so long. I was just saying to Kevin and Gary, I'm back in stereo to Kevin, just saying how it's been so long since I've been back because I couldn't actually afford to pick up my bass. I wasn't expecting, I hadn't thought about the price when I first arrived, but I'd already pressed record. So... These are like the lightest feeling strings I've ever had on this bass. Light and snappy, yeah, yeah. Which makes me think I've probably had the wrong size strings on this <laughs> bass the entire time I've had it. Oh, Which, so much choice there. It's <laughs> easy to do. Yeah. It's funny because with guitars, you don't think about that at all. You just buy whatever strings knowing they'll fit. But with bass, I guess there's more. Really? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> get a lot of strange string requests. Well, I think I'm the guitar expert in the room here, so I think I would know. <laughs> you can get any strings for a guitar. So these are... Because when I was last here, you kind of asked me what type of music I play, and I said just yeah. normal rock, nothing too heavy, nothing too special. Yeah. So this is just normal weight, normal size for generic playing. I would say, yeah, it's sort of like a 40 to 100 sort of size. Nice and easy. Uh, I think you had sort of 50 to 110 on there, which I might put on someone's bass if they were tuned it down a bit. That's the one, because remember it blew the nut out. 
Doesn't look like a ball string two big. Five string set. Is that even that big? I don't know. Was that something insane? Very excessive. Oh, alright, alright, alright. Well, no, it's not that your fault. That's the person who's giving them to you, right? Oh, yeah, these would be fine. Well, maybe not quite. So, if I was going into a guitar store, because it's typically only ball type of strings that I buy, what kind of string should I look for for this nut? Is it 40 to 100, you said? 40 to 100 Didarios. Didarios. Well, you can use any 40 to 100, obviously, but uh, the ones if you like these are Didarios. Okay. Thank you very much for that. Uh, was it 75, 80? I can't quite remember. Alright, perfect. I've got it up here. 75, that's it. Fantastic. And I do have cash, I do remember the message. Oh, amazing, thank you. Which makes it a lot more painful to pay, but yes, it's <laughs> So while I'm up here, I wanted to ask, because last time I asked about the store, what about the two of you? Do you play guitar yourselves, Kevin? Uh, I would say I, I, I used to. Not so much these days, keeps me very busy here. Did you Doubles. go... Did you go from playing guitar to repairing guitars and instruments in general? No. Nope. Oh? No, no, no. Do tell. What is I the was, story of Kevin? I was a drummer. Okay. To start off with. Sorry. Uh-huh. Sorry, everybody. Uh-huh. That's cool. Um, we'll forgive you. We'll let it slide this time. So, uh-huh. uh, yeah. Uh, I was a drummer, but you know, when you're very young, mm-hmm. uh, everyone doesn't, you know, you skin all the time. You need some money. So we all had crap stuff. And mm-hmm. Someone had to learn how to fix it. I was all right with fixing it and holding everything together. So it was actually drums. First, I was fixing guitars before I was playing them. You know, it's a bit. I mean, say fixing. Keep in mind, this is very young. This yeah, is yeah. like like me sort of like figuring it out. I just happened to be out of the group of all of us being really young, the one who was most capable at the time. <laughs> How old? I wouldn't want to go back there and look at that again. <laughs> not not now. Oh, I did this. Oh, yeah, it was. It was. What was I thinking? Story. So, how old were you when you were first doing those kinds of repairs, out of necessity more than anything? Know, 11, 12. Wow. Yeah, what put you into playing rock? I'm guessing it was rock. Oh, music, I like didn't say we were any good. I don't know, fair enough. But just the inclination to pick up guitars <laughs> that young. Sick. Yeah. <laughs> what made you want to start playing music that young? Uh, I guess it was just an accident, really. This district school board where I went to school, they, they had a mandatory music program. Okay. Uh, as opposed to many of the other ones, so you had to play one. And then uh, I think I was going to play the saxophone. But they run out of saxophones. Wow. So, and uh, all that, they that said go sit thing. on the drums, which is a terrible idea, but it was brilliant all at the same time. So. <laughs> Do you remember the kind of music you were playing back then? Yeah, you know, like school marching band things. Oh, so it wasn't like your own like personal tasting music, it was just no, 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 dictated no, no. by the just, school. No, 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 just getting drums, and then obviously it was just sort of like, it kind of opens your ear a little bit. Well, I used to listen to stuff. I mean, I still listen to music. It was a kid, you know, you're like yeah. 10 years old at the time, so you, you're just starting to kind of go like, oh. What's that? You know? Whatever's on the radio, whatever kind of catches your ears. Like, oh, yeah. that sounds nice. Yeah, you go on radio. You would, this is showing showing my age, right? You scroll back and cross through the through the tuning dial. And the what? Like oh, that. wait, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the old-fashioned ones. And then, uh, and then, and then you settle on something. You know, you try and tune it in. <laughs> and then, oh, yeah, that's all right. That's all right. We used to get lots of American 
uh, like college radio stations and stuff beaming through which is yeah. Right. yeah so after you were playing the school dictated stuff what when did you did you ever start playing your own music with friends oh, oh yeah 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 De- definitely that, that was pretty soon after that I guess so what style of music would you did you start playing that you started writing oh man just sh- straight up rock you're talking the era of uh, well sort of late era Guns N' Roses Soundgarden Smashing yes. Pumpkins uh, Nirvana huge one obviously right every single one it's probably the first thing I actually learned on the guitar was Come As You Are like many people good choice good choice so how much lo- longer did you play music before you didn't so much and did repairs instead Oh, that's that's really more than... I mean, that's always been there because that helps pay for the rest of the stuff, right? So that you can do in between. But, you know, I was just working jobs and doing stuff like everybody else. Yeah, and then once I actually took this bigger... You know, you start playing less and less and less. And it's, oh, I like fixing stuff too. So it's always been an interest. So I was just getting better. And then one day I did this. Did you ever, like, have to officially learn how to repair instruments? Or was it more... You built up so much experience oh, playing right. everyone else's. Actually, the, the majority of that probably is, yeah, because you just got to do a lot of work yeah. on your own. Even though you, you, you can read how to do it, and you got to do it a whole bunch of times so you get proficient at doing it. You have to be able to do it well, and you got to be able to do it fast enough to have a business. Um, yeah. yeah, it was just really time. There was a few people uh, that helped me along the way. There was one of the guys, I think, in school who built... I don't think he built very good guitars. My memory's a little fuzzy there. But no, but he had enough of the techniques behind it to give me an idea of what you're supposed to do. And then uh, working in shops and with other techs and other people. There's not really, you got to say, there's not really, actually, it's a lie. There are schools of luthery that teach you building guitars. There's not really so many schools of repairing guitars. Um, they do exist, however. Okay. But for the most part, so you have to school yourself. Well, yeah, and, and working with other people who are really good at what they do. That's it, you just have to do it, I suppose, is it. So how long has it been since you played music somewhat seriously at all? Oh, uh, four years. Do you miss it at all? Oh, definitely, yeah. I do have, I mean, obviously all this time I developed some problems with my wrists. So that's part of the reason for the shift in focus. So that's okay, mate. Hey, hopefully they get better one day and I can play one. Yeah. Still got all my guitars. <laughs> how many guitars do you have? Oh, that, no, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> So that's a brief glimpse into the history of Kevin and music and music repair. And what about yourself, Gary? What's your story? Lay it on us. Uh, from when? <laughs> okay, so when did you... I'm, you were I'm, born. <laughs> <laughs> July 28, 1987. About 6.30 in the morning. <laughs> it was a cold night. So when did you Something first... <laughs> I'm a July baby, so I should have known that. So when did you first start playing instruments then? Uh... I first started playing guitar when I was probably about seven. Because uh, I remember being really young, going into the front row, and my mum listening to some like rocking blues. Can't remember who the hell it was. It was on a white cassette. I remember that much. And uh, I was like, I want to do that. And my mum went, Awesome, your uncle teaches guitars. I can get rid of you for two hours every Saturday. We're doing this. That's what you're win, doing win. now. Um, so yeah, then I, I started doing guitar lessons with my uncle, which. I remember I didn't enjoy it at all because it was like, you know, Ode to Joy, Happy Birthday. Yeah. We used to make a sight read it and it was a real tab. Uh, it was all really boring and it became this just monotonous thing that happened every Saturday. And like, that was it. That was, and I had this crappy classical guitar that I remember dropping down the stairs when the massive chunk came on the back of it. Blah, blah, blah. Then I went to secondary school mm-hmm. and it was like, oh, it's a cool thing. 
Oh, God, like, oh. So yes. th- th- this last like six years of just yeah. monotonously doing basically two hours of guitar playing a week. Oh. But but it, it gave me enough to be able to go, oh cool, I can play some chords and I can play riffs and stuff. Oh Gary, okay, you're so cool. That kind of Well no, that no, no, never works. Never does. But um, Yeah, that's only a film, but then I remember I was sat next to a guy in geography in year seven where they just go, you sit next to him, and he goes, oh, crap. And then we had like the same band names on our, on our pencil cases. And he was like, oh, you're into Nirvana and like Slayer and Metallica and a bunch of other weird kind of metal, grungy stuff. And I was like, yeah, I, was like, yeah, I play guitar. He's like, I play drums. I was like, cool. So then I went over to his, then we realized neither of us knew any songs together. Uh, because both complete amateurs. <laughs> Fair enough. And then I got a Guitar Techniques magazine that had uh, Deftones, My Own Summer, transcribed in it. Oh. And we jammed that <laughs> endlessly. And then realised all, all of Rage Against Machines and Drop D. So jammed <laughs> all of that. And then that just progressed on through school. And mm-hmm. then when I was 14 for work experience, I wanted to work on Denmark Street. I knew about Denmark Street, I knew it existed. It was the holy grail of places for me how much I regret that now. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so I, I started at the, the Charing Cross Road end of the street, mm-hmm. zigzagged across the road, went in every single shop. Luckily, Andy's, the last shop at the end of the road, were like, yeah, we're taking off a work experience. Didn't realise it was a mild form of slave labour, but uh, <laughs> you, do, you do what you got to do. Yeah, yeah, you do. Then, yeah, then got a Saturday job off the back of that and then have just worked up here since. I've worked in various other, like, on tours and stuff like that, so I've gone away from the street, but... It's been been predominantly up here. Met a guy called Barry who used to work at the 12 bar. He was doing a high diploma at what was Guitar Institute back then. And then that basically, I realized I didn't need any A-levels to get a high diploma, which would give me enough points to go on to do a degree. So I could skip a year out of school, basically. And I was like, all right, that's what I'm going to do. And then that started to suck as well because... (laughs) You're basically studying hardcore something that was a passion and it becomes a hindrance to your yeah. life. And then, so yeah, did that, finished that, had my degree when I was 19, which I was like, wow, this is amazing. But then didn't really go near playing guitar for like another five years after that. Kind of put you off. Because, yeah, because it becomes a thing where every night there's six hours of guitar playing. Ugh. It was like two hours of theory, hour of piano, bare guitar, running scales, doing chords, jazz harmonies, learning a song that you give no shits about to play in front of people that don't give any shits about either and they're just passing it to do a thing. Yeah. And then we had, I had to write like a 12,000 word dissertation on why jazz is jazz. Wow. So imagine, yeah, why, why is jazz? I don't know, it's jazz. <laughs> like, but, so yeah, all of that kind of joy kind of killed it for me for a bit. And then obviously continued working up here, worked in a music venue, still liked you know to be around music and stuff and people performing it. And uh, yeah, just continued doing that. And then obviously worked in guitar shops worked with a bunch of guys that used to fix and do stuff and then um, yeah randomly like I was maintaining my own instrument so I wouldn't say I was on the level that I am at the moment and mate of mine was like do you want a teching job and I was like yeah I could do that it's well easy it's like changing guitar strings and he was like it's a bit more than that but it was basically just changing guitar strings <laughs> and then it, then it all kind of and then once I got the first job everyone was like you're a tech oh cool you can fix this and I'm like yeah of course I am yeah bring it on and then, as Kev said, you get the practice on stuff that isn't yeah. yours and you don't feel as bad when you fuck it up. So. <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know, you realise you fucked it up and you've got to make it better and you do make it better. And Obviously, a lot of the time, people give you stuff that's fucked. So, 
anything you do is an improvement. Yeah. <laughs> Even just changing the strings, making it shiny. <laughs> wow, it's amazing. I remember the amount of stuff that used to get like, yeah, out of the pool. The people people would eventually start bringing me things that they found in skips, like acoustics <laughs> and electric <laughs> stuff. <laughs> the thing is that back then, it, you know, it was in the skip for a reason. People seem to know that. I get a lot of people actually who bring stuff to me that they found in a skip, and then it's oh, I have to fix it. Well, that's you know, it's going to cost X amount. Oh my God, yeah, it was in a skip. So, it's going to bust. Why, why do you think it was in the skip? Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so Droids Attacking That Way kind of did a bunch of shows and then uh, eventually I started working with Kev to help him out when he blasted his wrists out because he was working pretty hardcore at that point. I was like, I, I was mates with him, just drinking a pub and everything and I was like, I don't want to see him fuck himself up for this, ah, for a yeah. job. And then, uh, then obviously Kev didn't take that into stride. He just went, yeah, we can do twice as much work now. So then we did twice as much work for ages. Then Kev went, see you later. I'm starting my own shop. I went, oh, cool. Uh, I came here to help you. Now I'm in this job. But I, I'm not working with my buddy anymore. And it's just insane. And then, yeah, then got offered a, a really long tour. So then got out of that, came back and pestered Kev every day for a job. And eventually, and then he slowly cracked, or he got enough work in that you couldn't manage himself. I had to build a little tiny bit first. Oh. Wow, that's quite a, a touching story there. I look forward to the movie adaptation, the story, the history of Kevin and Gary. Oh man, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's where the money is actually. Good thinking. You know what I mean? So, what kind of music do you tend to listen to these days? Are you checking out any bands in London these days? Anything that's good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, that's it's, a pretty good it's measure. Art, man, it's subjective. I, I could say, man, I love fucking Taylor Swift's new album. And everyone's gonna go, oh my god. No, I'm right there with you. With <laughs> but it's you know, I like red, you like blue. It's something I love. Working loads of music venues, loads of drunk dudes having arguments endlessly about whose band's better than what band, and blah blah blah. And then you just go, look, dude, you're drinking beer, he's drinking cider. Why don't you both drink cider? Why don't you both drink beer? Oh wait, because you don't like it. Oh, here we go. Yeah. Um, so yeah, or as. Phil on Selma said, anything people can groove to. Well put, well that's, put. That, that's, that's the guy that screams for Pantera, you know what I mean? Or what well, used to be Pantera. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> whatever. It's a thing. Wrong beliefs he has these days. And Kevin, are you pretty much the same way? Oh, Kevin likes some heinous music, man. You want to just ask Kevin? You were just saying hi. Oh. About... <laughs> <laughs> Gary Straight also to the likes terrible music. Yeah. <laughs> Both of us listen to uh, terrible, terrible films. Well, that's some pretty cool synthwave that I was playing just earlier. So. Yeah, that, that, that's the pleasers both. That's that's the medium we have to meet on. It's a bit more. I do find that you want to have some other music, but um, actually, I do find I get a bit distracted. It's really good. Yeah. <laughs> so, I want to put on something that is good, but especially oh, like new stuff. I'll, I'll find myself listening to. I go work. Right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, focus, focus, focus. That, that kind of something thing. in the middle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we put a lot of trip hop on. Yeah. And like kind of ambient jams. That that's that's the but then that's like studying music, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, that's actually that's probably the closest one, yeah. It's a bit late. Just that oh, works well. It makes effective kind of musical wallpaper. Yep. So it's Basically. it's pleasant in the background but doesn't distract you from what it is you're trying to do. That sounds pretty much spot on. Well guys, thank you very much for part two of Stairway to Kevin with Kevin and Gary. Stay tuned folks for the next episode. <laughs> and thank you very much for my bass guitar as well. It's good to have <laughs> okay, it back. Right. That's all good, man. <laughs>